All right, everybody, welcome back to the rum shop. Here with me today is a very special guest, uh, my dad, Junior Herbs. Uh, Junior, welcome to the rum shop. I'm sure you're no stranger to one of these. Of course. Um, how's not. your day been so far, sir? Um, I've, I've been having a pretty good day so far. I did my 5K run this morning, and I'm in pretty good health, so I'm happy. Good. Um, so before we start, I always have a segment where I ask the person who's joining the rum shop, to give us a drink, their drink of choice that they would like the viewers to have to, to join us on this journey that we're going to take. So what drink would you whip up if you had to make a special for the rum shop? Uh, I'll whip up um, a good uh, Japanese uh, green tea. A Japanese green tea, nothing alcoholic? No, no alcohol. All right, no alcohol today at the rum shop. We're going alcohol free. So yeah. you got a Japanese tea. Is it strained? How do you prepare your, your teas? Uh, the, the water must be not, it must boil, of course, but not, um, leave it to cool for about, after the fire, about, I'll say about 10, 15 seconds, and then pour it slowly into the pot with the strainer, and just leave it to sit there for about maybe 5 to 15 seconds, and then it can serve. All right, perfect. So everybody out there, if you want to spike your tea, I would recommend maybe a tequila. That would go really good. Um, I guess there are some Japanese alcoholic beverages as well. Um, can't think of any off the top of my head. But we'll, if anybody out there wants to throw out some recommendations for us, then please do so. We are always looking to add any drink specials to the rum shop. And um, this episode, we're going to be covering the transition that my dad made from being, uh, I would say, not, not really a... Well, I would say it, a strict parent to becoming one who is fully enlightened. Uh, mm. And your journey is still continuing on the path of enlightenment. So mm. why don't we start from the beginning? Why don't you tell the viewers where you're from? Give us a little bit of background on your, your upbringing from, okay. uh, to the point where you are at now. Well, I'm, I'm from, um, I was born in Separia in Trinidad and went on to move to the city around 15 years. And my most of my time was spent in Digo Martin, St. James area, who will know that area, and um, become very conscious of myself in, in St. James, you know, during the 1960, 1969, 1970, 1970 revolution in Trinidad. And there was um, a spark of, um, of my social consciousness started from there. Um, yeah. All right, so you started off in St. James from Separia via mm -hmm. uh, via Separia towards St. James. Um, anything that sticks out to you? You mentioned revolution around that particular time. What did it feel like to be in that time? Um, Do you remember your earliest memories? I guess would have been from St. James. Yeah. So how old were you when you became aware uh, of this idea of revolution? I'll I'll say about 18, 18, 19 years old. I really become socially conscious um, from a from a black perspective, you know, the black um, black nationalist sort of a movement was was really um, powerful at that particular period in time, in history and in time. And um, a lot of young people, uh, you know, elevated or went to that sort of uh, 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 ideological thinking. But um, yeah, 1970, 75. So around that time you were in your 20s? Yeah, around that time, twenties. Yeah, twenties. Yeah, twenties, early twenties, late, well, twenty twenty-five. So, what was yeah. the genuine feeling around that time? Was it anger? Was it curiosity? Was it 
Was um, it kind of discernment? Was it disorientating? How did you feel around that time when you were driven towards the ideal the ideology of the the Black Power movement? Yeah, I think um, what 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 was significant to me was the fact that um, the people had be, had you know there were, there there was a new turn in, in 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 consciousness where people realized that we have to kick the old colonial stockings out, you know, and get some new new ideas to go about and and black. Black power was was not only was part of the whole whole American thing that was imported and exported to Trinidad really through the through the um, uprising here in Canada with the Trinidadians in the in the university here, but that was a very significant to me during that period of time to to really raise the consciousness of people. I could see the people consciousness had begun to raise. Yeah. Right. And how is the rest of your family taking that? Um, I mean, you probably had something that was a bit different towards what they were normally brought up with or the the ideas that they probably had coming from a mm. you came from a large family right how many brothers and sisters did you oh, have oh well, there's 10 of us uh, we have four sisters and six five brothers wow four sis four sisters six brothers <laughs> did any of them share no, five brothers five brothers did mm. any of them share the similarities that you had in terms uh, of your ideology how did they how did they take towards your radical thinking at that time what would have been a radical thinking well, at that particular time, the whole the whole nation was um, was in uproar, right? Everybody was um, was seeing the light of a new dawn and a, a new beginning, um, and uh, people people was very excited actually to, to to see this new turn. So at that particular time, they all they all was was you know was especially Will Cobb and my brother, but other brothers and two they were part of the whole. Rise uprising, you know, we walk all the walk. Mm, interesting. Oh, yeah, every demonstration we would there make placards and stuff. And now outside of that, um, what were your personal? What were your, what are the things that you like to do around that time outside of revolution? Oh, I, um, I, what, I, were, what were your interests? <laughs> oh, my my interest was um, was drumming, drumming, basketball, and soccer. I was very interested in. In soccer and basketball and stuff like that, normal, you know, teen, normal young man growing up, you know. And, but uh, at that particular time, was um, inspired by, as I say, the 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 culture revolution, you know. So it was part of organizing people on the block and you know seeing, so that kind of a thing. Mm. So now you're a young man. You're full of revolution. You've also mm -hmm. got your other ideas within you. Um, what was your kind of take towards towards people at that moment? How did you feel as a person yourself trying to navigate through life mm -hmm. before you had you met uh, your wife and before you you had kids and everything like mm -hmm. that? Um, what was kind of your life's calling? Was it like once revolution had started, once you became mm -hmm. a part of it, did you see the end of the tunnel? Did you see what your life would look like when you were getting up there in age from being a young man starting in the revolution? Uh, during that period of time, you know, you you you, you get you, you get lost in revolution. You know, you see the red flag flying. You see, you you, you see, you, you know, that's that's like a dream. You see it. You you hear the voice of freedom among the people. You know, you know, you you know, you are you are you are a leader. You 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 are there to organize and you are there to mobilize people. So it's so inspiring to you. You know, it's it's like you you. you you're anxious to see people, the whole movement grow. So it's not like um, 
you know it's uh, the end of the road is there but um but we are preparing the way for that you know so you know like laborers in the field planting sowing the seeds yeah so that that's an exciting time for a young man you know growing up who 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 um ambition you know is to see the the country change so you didn't really think about the future in that aspect you thought about the present you kind of had your eyes on the prize so to say for that change that was gonna that you're hoping would develop in within society yeah Yeah, you know i i work from day to day you know when you know we talk about a protracted protracted revolution you know it's not like it's going to end today but for those who who um take up the task of um building the, the the front the the revolutionary front is a is a serious task that you you endeavor and um that's all you see you know that's all you see there are no ambition there is nothing to i mean that's your ambition actually there is nothing to build no no um no capitalist uh, in, uh, endeavors you know so now let's get a bit deeper into this idea of revolution into this movement this revolutionary movement that you're a part of what in particular did you think needed to change in Trinidad? What in particular, or even in, in the world, in society <laughs> in general, okay. what are the ideas that you read or the ideas that you took from mm. that you wanted to implement into society to see the change that you had envisioned and worked towards? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I, I had considered myself, and even now I considered myself to be a communist. And I wanted the total destruction of capitalism I believe I don't. I, this is the ideal, you know, the communist ideal. There is no where there is no class, no no rich and poor, and um, that sort of a thing. But um, immediately, right now, um, the immediate task of, of of really educating and and, and um, organizing the people is part of the whole, you know, the whole structure in terms of building something. So this is how I see myself, you know. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I know one thing about you that people will definitely viewing this podcast or listening to this podcast will realize very quickly is that you're a man of many stories. You <laughs> are a man who can vividly paint stories from whatever mm. you want somebody to see is what that story is going to end up looking like. Um, mm. Is there a, a story that you have within that time or a person that you met mm. when you think of the time of revolution in Trinidad, when you think of that moment, the height of that moment? Is there anybody that sticks out to you that you can tell our viewers about or any anything that really comes to your mind about that time? Is there oh, a story yeah. that you have for that? Yeah, I, I, uh, this this is a real this is a really exciting this is a really not good story. Uh there was a strike uh, in Barakpur with the big landlords, you know, the big cane farmers and small cane farmers and they were burning down the small cane farmers um thing because they wanted to force them to take up a uh to take a um a union position which they didn't agree to. And um we went down there to to give support to them because the the, the big henchmen was com- they actually were burning down some of the people's houses too, you know, the small cane farmers to intimidate them. So we we went down there just to give support there. So we were staying by this this woman who actually started the the the, 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 the strike. Her name was Selena and she had a daughter. She lived up on a little hill. And we were spending the night there just keeping them, you know, instead of a company to keep them safe, so to speak. And um, I was holding the, the, the night shift coming down like from one to something, sometime in the morning. And I was so tired and tired and sleepy. So I've fallen asleep on, <laughs> on the night shift. 
And I see this little hand touch me on my back. He say, Vita, you're tired. Go and sleep now. I go hold the rest of the shift. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, it's okay. She said, no, no, no. You go ahead and sleep, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that story used to go out to my mind, you know, to see that. Um, and she all day was, was cooking and, and taking care of business, you know. And she had, she had about six big buffaloes. Hmm. And she used to, to pull the cane with. And she stopped, them, she stopped the buffaloes onto the scale, eh? She say, whoa, and them buffaloes, nobody move. And she offloaded it, and nobody weighed the cane again. That, that was the beginning of the strike. Yeah. So we stood by her, and that, that, that's, that was one of the stories that stay out of my mind about, you know, real bravery and heroism and people who never would be even mentioned, mm. you know, who, mm -hmm. you know, somebody like Selena was, was a brave, brave soldier. Yeah. Wow. So all of these things are happening. You're meeting all of these people. Um, even your friends around you are really deep into uh, mm -hmm. communism and into the idea of, of a radical change that needed to be implemented in Trinidad. Mm. Um, what are some of the things that you think Trinidad could use now in the, in the current climate that they're in? Um, mm. that you were trying to implement or mm. you, that you think they're still there to be implemented? Yeah, I think, um, I think Trinidad uh, politics uh, has stuck into a real reform paradigm and it's so powerful that people don't see beyond that paradigm anymore. They don't see the need for, for, um, for revolution. They, they, they see a need for, for reform. They think that going to the polls will solve their problems. But, um, you know, we know, we know that that problem, that, that, that thing, <laughs> the bourgeoisie will never allow it to, to take over just like that, you know. So we see the examples with Allende and we see the examples everywhere with Gaddafi and, uh, and so on and so on. And people know that th that cannot happen. So what is it to, to be done right now? Is, is to have is still you know we we talk about the lep the weapons, the three weapons for liberation, you know which is to build the vanguard of the people, and to build an army, and to have a broad united front, and I think this stand up to now, hmm. I think that 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 is way that's what we will that's when we'll have good tangible change. We don't want to change when we fight for it and next tomorrow morning we see homeless people by the side of the road and prostitution and so on. And so on. What, what was the fight about? Mm. What are you fighting for? Mm -hmm. Is this what I fight my, give my life for? Right. <laughs> so that's the whole thing. You know, when we talk about, we say, oh, you're, you're so radical. You have to be radical because you have one life to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. <that's laughs> one right. life to live. You know, <laughs> I don't know about judgment. You know, the fundament. Some people believe that you know, one day after death is judgment. Well, then you know, I I already judge. I'm already judged already. Hmm. So now I'm glad that you brought up fundamentalist thinking and stuff like that because I'm going to take a little bit of a turn from the revolutionary aspect of your life, and focus on another aspect of your life, which for a brief time did occupy a space in in your life and time. And that was religion. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get involved? Because I know um, growing up, you were you were an altar boy. You were part of the mm -hmm. the Catholic faith in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, what part, if any part, would you say did religion play in this whole making of yourself and this whole um, being that is yourself? 
Um, of course, you know, man is part of his, he's, he's part of his social being. And um, I was raised a, a very devout Catholic. I went to church 365 days in the year as, a, as an altar boy. I serve high mass and I can see the mass in Latin, which I still remember. And um, there was a certain discipline though. There was a discipline in that whole, that whole religious um, affair where you know you wake in the morning at five in the morning, you know, and there was a there was a sacredness about about going to church, and about um and, and about the mass and and about the 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 um the Eucharist, how 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 sacred and holy that was, you know, and when you receive the Eucharist in the day, you you tend to behave a certain way, you know, you're not you're not you're not rude to your elders. You respect your elders, you know, and that sort of a discipline was very, very important for my upbringing and my parents' upbringing. You see the rosary sometimes, uh, in three, four, three, three, three times a day, you see the rosary with the family. It brings the family together, you know, and um, we see it six in the morning, we see it in the evening, six in the evening, and sometimes 12 in the night. Hmm. <laughs> so that is, that is real discipline, eh? Definitely. And I think. Coming from St. James, I remember reading, um, well, you coming from St. James, I remember reading there's a, there's an icon, La Divina uh, Pastora. In Separia, La mm. Divina Pastora. And mm. she was, she's an interesting icon because she's worshipped by both um, Hindus and by Catholics um, mm. within that region at this particular time of the year. Um, Friday, were yeah. you ever a part of that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I remember that we used to look forward to that. Where uh, the, the, the Indian and the, the, the Indian just to come with a drum and make the sacrifice, shave the heads and stuff like that. And the poor, poor will come and line up in the church and, and people will give out arms and stuff like that. And they will put Ladivine in a place where people throw just throw money at her, hmm. throw money and gold at her. Wow. Yeah. So now, uh, the reason why I brought up uh, the religious aspect of your life is also because you seem to now, today, in this modern time, mm -hmm. uh, you seem to kind of move past that. Mm -hmm. And one of the books that we have in front of us, uh, would you say that this book helps shape a bit of that, a bit of that, that removal of, ch uh, I would guess I would say, church and, and self? Mm -hmm. um, tell me about this book. You have, you have two of them out here. Mm -hmm. uh, who's the author and how has it impacted your life? Well, I have here with me. I have here with me the power of now, and a new earth, by Eckhart Tolle. I'm sure you people people are, are very familiar with that name. He's quite a popular man. And um, uh, your question, answering your question, is that um, I I have had uh, from a very young age. I I, I was a searcher of, of knowledge. I um. I always read, my, I expose to read and I love to read and I read uh, uh, as much as I can about almost anything. But my, my, main, my main trust uh, uh, during this period of time was to find something that will, that, will, um, that will bring me to a more spiritual level. You know, from um, coming out from the whole communist affair and, 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 and atheism and all that stuff. And um, my wife was uh, a, a, a follow-up Oprah. She used to follow Oprah Winfrey, and I, um, I myself too. But 
she is the one who bring me to um, to, the, to know that there was a course going on from Eckhart, and we followed that. And we took the, we took it online with Oprah and Eckhart. So we did the book, the New Heart, the so New Earth, actually. So um, yeah, so. So that was a three-month course, right? Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. you guys downstairs mm-hmm. in that basement uh, mm-hmm. every evening. And mm-hmm. me, my brother, and my sister were upstairs just wondering what you guys were doing down there listening to this course. We thought it was a bunch of new-age <laughs> hippie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you came up, and I think one of the first things that you, you spoke about was the pain body. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, no, before we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the ego mm-hmm. need for identification. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you go a bit deeper into that and how that mm-hmm. resonated with you? Well, you know, you, you, you have all these, these teachings from the, from the past. You have all these. Te- and um, what, 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 what one of the things that stay out in my mind with Eckhart is how he deal with the ego, how, um, how, impo- how, how the ego... The ego uh, live live in in um, in, in time. The, the ego live in time, linear time, from the, from beginning to end, and that's where it travel up and down there, like a spectrum. So, when when we, when you come to the knowledge of, of of living in the in the now or in the present, from the time you come into the present, that that disappear. You don't you don't have any any thought about thoughts don't linger around your head and 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 you don't keep searching for negative stuff you know to bring forward in the memory so Eckhart deal with that in a in a real good way for me to um to really understand the ego and how it the the, the, the ego it, it search for for negative things from the past and bring forward and come with it, it bring with it emotions you know mm. And if you don't know how to deal with it, it it, um, it it puts you in a real depressed sort of a way. So coming to that knowledge to really teach me how to how to to manage your thoughts, my thoughts, you know, and recognize, you know, that um, this is just um, uh, your ego searching for an identity. So yeah. So now, would you say to yourself, or would you say to the viewers listening? Um, did that kind of change anything about who you were from your communist perspective and from your religious perspective? Because, you know, your ego could get attached to the fact that, you right. know, I'm a communist. This mm. is what I believe in. This mm. is what my life is shaped around. Right. Or I'm a Christian or I'm a Catholic or I'm a Hindu or I'm mm-hmm. a Muslim or whatever yeah. I am. Uh, how did that how did you feel when you had that realization that your ego is trying to attach mm-hmm. a label to yourself? Right. Yeah. You know, you you you. Um you put you, you put a label to yourself based on your your social based on your history and your experience. So one of my experience was uh, coming from um, coming from that whole you know revolutionary experience there. So I I I I build an identity within myself. So you know, and that's what the ego like. The ego wants to build to build that identity and build a label for it. So. But what Eckhart t- taught me is to you have to go beyond the identity and recognize that um, you, the, you have to come into that timeless space and, and into the present where you don't see labels. You know, you 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 you, you live in a place where where you um where true wisdom exists. You know, true wisdom exists in that space where you are totally at present. And, you know, and um, you're on this, you're not disturbed by any. Any thought floating in and out to distract you from, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, as we move on, um, you also well, 
me and my sister and my brother also kind of teased you about uh teased you and, and mom actually about the pain body mm-hmm. you always this oh, was right. early on i mean we always thought that you guys had your your tiffs and quarrels as everybody does um when you're when you're kids you always just focus on the point of when you're going to get disciplined or the point of when you're going to you know have that that authoritative figure kind of lash out at you and um i can recall when you guys would always say that your pain body starting to act up mm. we Nobody has more pain bodies than me, my brother and my sister, by the <laughs> right. way. We have the ultimate pain bodies. Um, but can you kind of go into what that is about? Yeah, you know, again, that's the ego, right? The ego is always searching for an identity. So what happened, it, it goes back into your subconscious and bring, and bring back this, this, this sad feeling or this, um, this experience that, that you don't really want to really talk about. And here it is now confronting you, and it brings with it the emotion. It does just it just don't come. It brings the emotion with it too. So that is a pain, but it's affecting you in such a way now that you start to act out in a way that um, that that is irrational. You know mm. that uh, you know because th- this is you know, and sometimes somebody talks something I'm talking to you, and it uh, you know it triggers your pain body. So immediately, if you don't realize it, you could um, your reaction could be. You know, it could be you're very violent. It could be, you know. But, um, yeah, you, you, you know how to deal with your pain body when they come. That's one of the things, you know, that um, becoming a silent observer of your thought. That's one of the teachings that, you you know, you, you're you able to observe them, not as, not as any threat to your existence. So let them allow them to, to create patterns so that, you know, so that you, uh, your ego is so powerful, you believe certain patterns that do re- is not really true, you know. So, mm, so when you say that part, you believe in patterns that's not true. Are you saying that the ego is basically creating? Uh, is it a fairy tale, or is it almost <laughs> creating a yeah, like a scenario. A, a scenario yeah. that's not really real? Yeah, yeah the 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 um the 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 ego is creating something that you could identify with. You know, it's creating something that you can see. Oh, yeah, that is what it is. That is what she was doing. Interesting. When in fact, it's not really true. It's just the the, the patterns. You allow those patterns to create in your own mind from one to the next, from one to the next, and then you go, wow. <laughs> you see, but if if on the contrary, if you allow yourself to be in total control or in pre- or, or or in the now or in present, you see what happened. There is the seat of wisdom. There mm. is where it comes to you. Things you don't have to struggle or fight for for that because you 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 are part of the you are part of the entire universe. So all its answers are there. You know, you are not forcing the answers. Your ego is not predicting it for you or, or telling you to go in that direction or this direction. But you're allowing the true purpose of your inner self to find that connection, that universal connection, so that you could, you know, you could, you could, you could really and truly resolve your, your situation. Well, that's very interesting. So now another question for you. Um, because I know you and mom found this as you guys were, were working and you had a full schedule. You had to cook. You had kids to take care of. You had your lives to live. Um, so is this in any relation towards meditation or is this just trying to find out 
what what is it exactly? How do you how do you achieve this goal? Is this realization? What do you what do you do to to make this switch happen within yourself to mm. kind of set start these new patterns and to break the old patterns? Yeah, I think I think one of the fundamental things in breaking patterns is being able one of the fundamental things in breaking these patterns is to is to have to, is to keep doing it uh, every day ha- repetitively you have to have um you know you wake in the morning you you make your bed up and you have that routine you have to have a routine and you have to stick to the routine you know you know, when when your pain body rise up, you 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 don't you don't you don't struggle with it. You you observe it. Mm. You know, but it's hard to do when you're not practicing it. So you have to keep practicing. So when you say, sorry, I'm going to mm-hmm. stop you right there for a second. When you say you observe it, are you saying that you're you're not taking any action and you're thinking about the scenario? Because even thinking about the scenario can cause the ego to build patterns and to mm. build. So when you when you say observe it, what are you what are you doing exactly with this with observing? Yeah, you you um this observation is is um is knowing that it comes from the ego. Mm. It comes from the ego and it wants to destroy you. Wow. <laughs> it wants to in it's a very words, heavy statement. In other there. words, it wants to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um so you observe your, your uh, whatever it is that you're feeling that pain body, yeah. and you take not necessarily action. But what what do you do? Do you take action? Do you observe? Do you let it pass? This sounds very very Buddhist like. Yeah, in a it, way. it is. It is Buddhist. It is. It is from the Buddhist philosophy, because uh, because once you observe it, once you observe it, you know what it is. You have a full understanding of what this is. Example. If somebody do you say a lie about you, they lie about you, they say something to hurt you and they lie, they make mischief, right? And it come back to you and you know it now, so it raises your pain body, so you want to react, right? So what you do is to observe the anger within you. You have to really observe it. But who is, ob- who is that person observing it? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that Who? was going to be the next. Pa- that was going to be the next part of my question. <laughs> right. Who is the observer? I don't know. Is it? Is it me? Is it my ego? Is it? Am I my ego? No, Who? but but the me is the ego. Right. <laughs> that's that's a fun. That's a question. The me, the me who is observing it, is the deep silence within you. That deep, quiet silence within you, is called the soul. Yeah, it's called the soul, right? That that is the soul part of it, which is doing the observation, right? Have nothing to do with your intellect. Mm. Your intellect will be calculation and and and, and um, logical thinking, and mathematical and analytical. Have nothing to do with that. What it have to do with is from the the kernel or what you might say, your spirit or whatever. With that that you have to touch that 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 energy. You have to awaken or touch that energy, so that it creates it creates the, the 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 wisdom or the knowledge, because it's it's there, it's all there to know. Yeah, I uh, can't complain or argue at that part. I think it, there's some very valid points there. Um, so now, can you give us a concrete example of when 
you had to use this i don't even know what to call it this teaching this practice this mm-hmm. tool um is there a moment that sticks out to you where you said wow this really does apply to to my life and to what i'm doing mm-hmm. yeah i think um this this teaching has become part of my life now because we did a lot of traveling and spending time in england alone at times you know you have to depend on your consciousness to really take you you know because human beings being such a, a social social animal or a social being humans are social beings you need socialization and um as a as a, as a like an immigrant you, you come into uh, into england you don't know anybody so you have to find your way and um you know you and and, and at times loneliness have a uh, have a tendency to live in in your ego mm. loneliness loneliness is a terrible disease that 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 your ego if you don't know you know, you, you think about your mother, your father who did, your sister, your aunt who did, and yeah. what they do here and what they do here, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you have to be able to channel your thoughts into things that awakens, awakens your, 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 yourself. So I used to read, and I used to read the history of, of England mm-hmm. and get myself acquainted with museums and walking and riding and all that stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's definitely important. And I think you were mentioning that that kind of ties into what Eckhart Tolle was talking about, right? The observing, mm-hmm. um, trying to get past the pain body and not living in that space of negativity. Right. Um, and really finding hobbies to do out there. Um, what are one of your fondest memories? Because we have so many podcast episodes to, to cover mm-hmm. um, from your journey to being a vegan, mm-hmm. um, crazy stories that you have, <laughs> um, everything far and, far and between. But um, yeah, what was one of the uh, the things that you you remember most about um, from your studies while you were in England? Because I remember you told me some <laughs> some pretty unique things that you've learned about mm-hmm. there. What's what's one thing that stands out from there during your time there? Um, well, when I was in England, I I, I was a tour guide at the St Paul's Cathedral, and I chose to study. Um, the Light of the World by Holman Hunt. And um, I got to realize that um, that there's so much history. England has so much history. This, this, this painting, Holman Hunt, that Holman Hunt painted, The Light of the World, is the most watched painting in the world, as, as, as they say. And um, what, you know, the thing that, or you answer, answer your question, Joel. Um, I thought being a tour guide was just going to be handing out pamphlets, you know, and uh, directing <laughs> people to go here and there. But it was so much more than that. You know, I get a whole book to study. So, uh, and um, I didn't really want to go through it because I told myself, you know, I, I this old man already, I ain't going through all this. But my wife insists I'm not staying in that apartment <laughs> whole day. You have to go back there and do it. So I, I did study it. I did study it. I spent some time. But um, during the test, Joel came to England. And he, uh, I was in every hole with Joel playing jazz music. So <laughs> yeah, I, I went I, all over the place. So I, I stopped studying. And I thought, well, I knew what I was doing. And I failed the test. <laughs> so embarrassed now I went home. Joel was more so sad. <laughs> you know. 
So anyway, I studied again for the test, and then a month after that, and I lick it up, man. That was good. Passed the test in flying colors. That was some view yeah. that you had so out that there was a challenge. Wharf, huh? Yeah, it was a challenge for me because the study at that period of time was very difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Looks like we got a call from somewhere. But, um, yeah, you know what? I think we're going to pause from here for the moment, for the time being. Um, we have so much more to cover, but this is just the, the introductory feeler from, what, from what's to come. Hmm. Um, as you can tell, Mr. Junior Herbs is a man of well-traveled. Uh, t- tell us, just before we, we sign off, tell us a few places that you've been to off the top of your head. Okay, I've been to Paris. I mean, I've been to Italy, France, Germany, England, uh, Dubai, Spain, Dubai, South Africa, South Africa <laughs> uh, Mallorca. Yeah, I've been traveling around. And he's got traveling. stories yeah. from all of those places that mm-hmm. he's only going to share at the rum shop. It's not going to be anywhere else. So you guys right. have to keep listening. Um, mm-hmm. One more thing before we sign off. We also have a segment called What's in Your Jukebox. This is a chance for you to put in uh, three or five songs that you want to add into the rum shop collection. Uh, going to put you on the spot here. What are your... You can choose three or five. What are what songs are you going to put into the jukebox? Uh, I first want to put in... Um, I first want to put in uh, Joe Hill. I don't know if you ever hear that song. Nope. I dreamt. I I dreamt about. I dreamt of. I dreamt. I saw Joe Hill last night. All right. Joe Hill. The song Joe Hill by Joe Hill. All right. All right. That Second. song. Um, I also want um, the song by Colin. So by um, just. Uh, I want to have. Ha- um, have you ever seen the rain? Oh, okay. Have you ever seen the rain? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Cocker Friends. All right. That's three. Friends. And um, which one again? You can Um, put in two more. Yeah. (laughs) I know you got to put in a sparrow or shadow. Those were your guys. I'm going to put in, um, I'll put uh, Stalin, um, Sufferers. I want to put Stalin, Sufferers, Don't Care. All right. And then you've got one more. One more. I'll put in. the the price of the price of what's the name of that song again, boy? The price of the f- future. Can't remember it. All right. So, so you got those four that's going into okay. the jukebox. Uh, this is Joey Reeds along with Junior Herbs. We're signing out. Stay tuned for our next podcast episode coming up next week. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> Let's see.